0: Ah, so good. I love the house of God. I love when we get together. But hey, if we've never met before, I did want to introduce myself properly. I am Dan. And uh, if we haven't met, I look forward to getting to know you after the service. And uh, I'm just so grateful uh, for all God is doing in our church together. And it is just an absolute honour uh, to be a part of what God is doing in Free Powerhouse. And uh, isn't it exciting all that God's doing, right? And Eb and I just count it such a privilege and joy uh, to be the location pastors here in Melbourne East and uh, just to do life with you guys. It's just such a privilege. But here today, uh, as the team said earlier, I'm continuing our series Created for Connection. Why does everyone say Connection. connection. Connection, created for connection. I got a key verse I'd love to read here. And then I'm going to pray. In Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 3, Paul's writing to the church, to the believers, to the Christians at Ephesus. And he says this, Therefore I, a prisoner, prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, I can hear the passion in his voice. This is uh, Paul, the apostle of this church. He says, guys, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Check this out. Always be humble. Everyone say humble. Humble. Always be gentle. Say gentle. Gentle. Be patient with each other. Say patient. patient. One more. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Everyone say love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. I love this verse. Let me pray. Lord, as we just enter into this message today, I ask that You would help me, Holy Spirit, just to preach Your Word, God. And I just ask that whatever You want to say to us here today, that You would have Your way. Lord, I pray each of us would learn more about You, Jesus. We would learn more about Your Word and we would leave transformed into the image of Christ. God, we just pray that every phone in this place, supernaturally, will be on aeroplane mode and we just bind Instagram in the name Jesus and everyone said amen. amen amen any Instagram lovers yeah not in church right not in church no okay oh that's all right well we are created for connection we're created for connection with God and with other people with God and with others and I love this that the cross actually reconciled us to God, but it also reconciled us to others. And I love picturing this, that God's will for you and I is that you and I would be connected, not just to, to know of or to have, information, no, to have a connection with God and with others. And really interestingly, I I get this picture of the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, He restored our relationship vertically between us as humans and with God. But it wasn't just there, that God actually reconciled our relationship between one another horizontally. And I love what Pastor John shared last week, that it's not... Either or, it's both and. We are created for a connection and a relationship with God. But also, just as importantly, we need to have a relationship with other people in our world. And that's what I want to share today, that as sin separates us from God, so can sin separate us from other people. But there's good news because Jesus died and reconciled us, as I shared, and we're going to go into this. But I want to ask you this. Have you ever... Blame someone else for something without taking any ownership for yourself. Wives, has your husbands ever done that? Wives, give me a wave. (laughs) Wow, only one. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got one over here. Yeah, husbands, of your wives? No, I'm just joking. So good. Ebony's like, Dan does it all the time. I remember. All right. I'm going to share about the first few months of our marriage, and you're going to promise me something, please don't judge me, okay? I'm a transformed life, and I have matured a little bit, but uh, I actually got married straight from living at home. So I never had the experience of, you know, I got married quite young, I was 21 years of age, right? So I, I never got to live out on my own, I actually went directly from living with my mum and dad to living with Ebony. And I was blessed with an incredible mom. My mom, like she, she was just born to be a mom. It was her birthday on Friday. I love her so much, and it's just like her calling. You know, some people are like that. My calling is to be a mom, and that's why God put me on this earth. And that was my mom. And so her love language is generosity. It's acts of service. And so you're getting the picture. My mom did a lot for me, right? Now, you know, people often get angry about me. I just received the blessing that God gave me. But it's safe to say I didn't do a lot of cooking. I didn't do a lot of cleaning up. I didn't do a lot of, um, yeah, Ebony's saying I didn't do any cooking. I didn't do any cleaning up. I didn't do any washing of the clothes. I didn't even know how to use a washing machine. And <clears throat> so fast forward, Evan and I are about to get married and we're doing pre-marriage counselling. And uh, it comes up that it's actually good for you guys to talk about who's gonna do what chores. And my expectation is like, oh, it's just gonna transfer from my mum to my wife. <laughs> This is going to be good. That's what I thought life was like, right? And so uh, I remember like when she started to share with me, I'm going to be doing these chores. I'm like, oh, God, we're getting married in three months. Just speak to her, Lord. Let let, let her be transformed. <laughs> I said, don't judge me. You said you wouldn't judge me. <laughs> anyway, and so as you can imagine, we go to our honeymoon. There's no chores on your honeymoon, right? You're not worrying about doing the dishes and this and that. You pay someone else to do that. But then we get home from our honeymoon and all of a sudden, um, you know, these expectations started to clash a little bit. And uh, I I remember the multiple times that um, my poor wife, I feel so bad looking back, but the the washing would get so overwhelming. I remember one day I just came home and she was literally just crying because there was just so many clothes to wash. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But at the time I still was like, you know, that's okay. Uh, I remember sometimes (laughs) we didn't have a dishwasher. (laughs) All the women are like, getting ready to throw something at me. Uh, I remember we didn't have a dishwasher and sometimes it got so bad, just the dishes that would pile up and and I just thought that they would clean themselves. But anyway, I learned my lesson, okay? I learned, because I was like literally in my mind, I was like, why isn't she doing it? Why? (laughs) I knew everyone was going to hate me. But, everyone say but. Dan grew up. It was good. I grew up. I'm a transform life. But I remember as I finally matured, we had some conversations. I, I did mature and I started to take a bit of ownership. that okay, maybe the chores are more of a 50-50 thing. All right, what's your lane? What's my lane? And uh, luckily I learned a little bit. But I want to ask you, <coughs> Ebony's thankful for that. It's a good thing to do in your pre-marriage, by the way. Yeah, second Peter, you did that. Good job. All right. <laughs> Have you ever blamed someone else, right? So I was there blaming someone else, but where was the problem? Put your hand up if you think it was with Ebony. (laughs) Thank you, yes. Who thought it was with me? Yes, thank you. Okay. (laughs) It was with me. Have you ever done that? And I've actually, uh, I'm wondering if you have, because I have found when it comes to our relationships with others, with connections, perhaps for us to grow in our connections to others, the answer might be within us, not in others changing. So we were created for connection and I want you to picture connection today. This is a bit of a visual like a river. Imagine like that cross and it's meant to be a river of connection where it flows and and today we're talking about in our marriages, with our relationship with our kids, with our friends, with our employers, with our church members, our connect group people, like we're talking all of our relationships and I want you to picture it like a river. <clears throat> And what can happen is, its design, God's will, is that that river would flow. There'd be no blockage; that it would just flow. We'd be in unity and peace, as Paul told us. But what I've found is blockages come up, and there are things in our life and our heart that can create blockages. Imagine like a big rock in the river, and the river's trying to flow, but it's just blocking the connection. It's blocking the intimacy. It's blocking the unity. And I've found this: what can hurt connection? When we look within. I've found this, that selfishness, selfishness can hurt connection. Pride and entitlement can hurt connection. Offense can hurt connection. Offense can become a big rock where that river stops flowing. Being unloving can hurt connection. Being judgmental can hurt connection. And what I've found is so often when it comes to our relationships, right, that we so often... You know, if we've got a problem in some area of relationship or connection, the finger goes out. Oh, if only my boss would do this. If only my husband would do this. If my kids were just more behaved. If uh, my friends were just a bit kinder and the finger goes out. But I have found that so often we need to flip that on its head and let the finger actually come back to us and go, okay, what within me am I potentially doing that could be blocking the flow of connection with the people in my life? I'll say this again, perhaps for us to grow in our connection to others, the answer might be within us, not in changing others. And the problem can be this. If we don't mature in this area of our life, we can go from friendship to friendship to church to church, from marriage to marriage, and we can come up with the same issues time and time again. We all can do this. But what's the, what's the common denominator there? It's us, right? We can be our own biggest challenge here. And so what's the answer? We need to become more like Jesus. We all need to become more like Jesus. The ultimate goal of our Christianity is that we're continually, step by step, becoming more like Jesus. Our vision is transform lives. We're being transformed to become more like Him. Because we cannot control other people, but we can control ourselves. We can control our attitude, our heart, our behaviour. We can control whether we let Jesus transform us or not, but we cannot control others. But that's where today, that's the good news is He came. I want you to read this with me. Galatians 6 verse 7. 6 verse 7. Paul again saying this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. So what we're about to hear, we're we're hearing God is not mocked in this. This is a principle in the kingdom of God and how life works. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. This is a principle in the kingdom of God and in life. In every area of our world, God will not be mocked. Whatever you and I sow, that is what we will reap. And that is with our connections. If you and I sow kindness into people, we will receive kindness from people. If we sow love into our relationships, we will reap love from our relationships. If we sow loyalty, we will receive loyalty. But unfortunately, it also flips on its head that if we sow being critical to other people, guess what, people are gonna be critical to us. If we sow gossiping and talking behind others' backs, ooh, guess what's gonna happen? People are gonna talk about us. If we sow judgment and we judge others and we're critical all the time, we're gonna reap that as well. If we sow being prideful and thinking we're better than everyone, or I'm better than that person, guess what? We will reap that as well. And I love this last Scripture before I get into it. Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. What you be to others is what you will receive from others. If we be friendly, if we be kind, we will receive that in the relationships in our life. And so here today, I just want to ask us together uh, to look to the Word of God and to Jesus and to maybe today, just today, let's not have the finger out saying why our relationships are under a bit of pressure or where we, but I want us to look within, all of us, myself included, and go, Jesus, how can I become more like You today? How can I become like you today? Luke six thirty one. I said I lied. There's one more scripture. <laughs> do to others as you would like them do to you. Isn't this so simple? Like you think this should be simple, right? But we live in a world where this is not the way of the world. But this is Jesus teaching on the uh, the Sermon of the Mount. Do to others. Who is that? That's not just the people we like. Do to everyone how uh, how you would like them. Do to you. Let's come back to that key verse, and I got three thoughts. Paul says this Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's fault because of your love. All right, <clears throat> let me go through three quick thoughts here today. Number one that we, we see in the life of Jesus is choose to love. Everyone say love. love. Choose to love. It says in that verse we just read, because of your love. I remember one day, Ebony and I, if you didn't know this, we used to to be youth pastors. And uh, youth pastoring is like a combination of the most fun thing ever and the most exhausting thing ever. And uh, I remember for us, we did it for about seven years and we ended up by the end, we had well over a hundred teenagers every Friday night. Uh, It was wild. Like I have some awesome stories. We saw so many young people come to Christ. It was the best. But anyway... What we would experience every Saturday is what I call the holy hangover. And there was just something about, like, we'd do the work week. On a Friday, it'd be, like, start at 8am, get home at 11pm, like, hustling, like, investing in the young people. And then we'd get home late, we'd get a dirty, gross feed of something, because we had no energy to cook. And then we'd just, like, wake up on a Saturday, like, oh, I'm so tired, right? And we'd have the Saturday off. And I remember this one Saturday, I was particularly grumpy. uh, And that was most Saturdays, let's be honest. But I was grumpy this Saturday. And Evan and I were heading to the beach. We're like, we're going to go to the beach. We're just going to sit. We're not going to talk to each other. Let's just, just relax and rest for a bit. And we, we start just driving out our driveway. And we see this car uh, and this woman. And she looked super distressed. I was like, wow, she um, needs Jesus. And she waved us down. And she's like, hey, can you help? Can you help? And, you know, I'm a Christian, right? You know, we, we want to do the right things. But on the inside, I was like, Ah. Oh. Jesus, why today? (sighs) But being the person Ebony, what Ebony is, she said, then we should stop. So we we stopped and we we talked to this woman and she was just like frantic. Like it literally looked like she was running for her life. She was so stressed. And anyway, we, we asked what's wrong, and she's like, My car won't start. My car won't start. And we're like, well, what and she's like, I think it ran out of petrol. Anyway, she was just in trouble. I think she'd just done something. She's crazy. She's in her 50s or a bit later in life. But anyway, um, so I run back to, we were close to my house. I was like, look, I think I got some fuel for the lawnmower. Uh, how about I come and I'll fill it up. And so I'd go, trying to have a good attitude. I was like, oh, I'm trying. I go home. I get it out. I, I, I fill up all the fuel I have left. We try to start it and it just wouldn't start. And I was like, oh, what do we do? And I I am not a mechanic. Like, I am not someone who's good at cars and building things. So I was, like, pretending to be. It's like, oh, yes, it's probably your alternator. Uh, I don't even know if if that's a real thing. But anyway, I said, look... How about, all right, all right. By now, I'm like, all we right, right, we're we're, let's be kind. Let's love this woman. And so I was like, how about I drive to the local petrol station and you can come in and you can get some fuel and I'll drive you back. So we let her in our car. We drive five minutes to the petrol station. We get out and she's like, oh, sorry, I don't have my wallet. And I was like, okay. So we fill up, we, we pay for a petrol, we fill it up, we take it back. <clears throat> but I'm sorry, while I was filling it up, this woman said something really interesting to Ebony. And Ebony's like, why did you leave me alone in the car with her? But I was like, I'm sorry, all right. But she said, hey, are you guys Christians? And I, we found that really interesting because we didn't tell her we were Christians. We didn't have a Jesus loves you sticker on the back of our car. We didn't have that weird fish thing. Like, we, like how did she know? But you know, I, I, if you have the fish thing, it's not that, sorry. I, I don't actually know what it means. I just think it's sanctuary to Christianity. <laughs> I've just forget well. We're gonna to get to forgiveness, and some people need to forgive me. But um, we said yes, we are. We believe in Jesus. We go to an awesome church down the road. And what Eb and I reflected on is, we found out that she knew, or she just had this sense that we were Christians, not because we told her, not because, but be, because of how we treated her. And what we went to find on, I think she was literally um, buying drugs. That day, And she literally had just done something like that. She was freaking out a bad part of life. But we treated her with dignity, with respect. We loved her. We told her that Jesus loves her and then come to church. But I want to read this verse to you. It says this in John 13, 34 to 35. I'm going to read this slow. I want this to get in our heart. Jesus speaking. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Like, I'll just press pause, we'll keep reading, but just like think that through a little bit. Jesus is saying, As I have loved you, that's how I want you to love others. That is deep. Because the love of Jesus Christ for us led Him to go to a cross to die in our place. The love of Jesus Christ for us is never ending, unfailing. It's not based on what we do. It keeps no records of wrongs. It's patience, it's merciful, it's kind. You know, the love of God, God so loved the world, you and I, that what He sent His one and only Son, the thing that mattered most to Him. With that same love, Jesus says, He doesn't ask. It's a command to love one another. But check this out verse 35 by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another If you and I become people who love others it will lead it will point our life to Jesus and that's what happened in this instance we didn't have to say anything we just loved this woman who was having an awful day and she's like there's just something about you. Do you know Jesus? And she wasn't a Christian. And isn't that incredible that Jesus says, this, this is how the world you will know will know that you are my followers. It's not by how much you know. It's not how, by how much you do. It's not by if you go to church or if you go to Bible college. The world will know that you and I love Jesus because of how we love other people. This is so important to God. And I think about this often that I believe how you and I treat people matters so much more to God than you and I think. It matters so much to Him. And He is looking at us to see how do you and I treat others? How do we treat our spouse, our kids, our friends, our church members, our connect group, our leaders? How do we uh, treat our government, people we don't like? How do we treat um, our neighbour, that person who annoys the heck out of us at work? How do we treat that homeless man we walk by in the city? How do we treat the, the, the the people that the society has thrown away and says, I don't want to know about you? How do you and I treat them? And that matters to God. Uh, I love this in uh, 1 Corinthians 13one to 2. This is Paul again to the Corinthian church saying, uh, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he said this, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but I do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Love that. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am Nothing. Can I share this? This sounds a bit rude. But maybe God doesn't care as much as we think about how gifted we are. Why? He gave us those gifts. But He cares so much about how we love people. Love has to be the foundation of all we do for Jesus. And if it isn't, Paul is saying you're building on the wrong foundation and I am nothing if I do not have love under it all. And I believe this, the more I ponder this, the maybe our ability to love other people will become the ceiling on what God will actually entrust to us or we can do in our destiny. Because He doesn't care that much about our giftings. He gave it to us. And of course He does, but you know what I'm saying. But what He does care about is what's the motivation under them. Do my people love others as I have loved them? And as you and I commit ourselves to this, you will find that, that, um, that as we sow love, we will reap it too. Uh, I just got one last verse. I got so many here today, but this one's powerful. 1 John four twenty to 21, last deep one. Whoever claims to love God, claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and their sister. Now when I'm saying those words, we're not talking about our family and the people we love. Whoever doesn't love anyone whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He had given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So to love Jesus is to love people. To love Jesus is to love people. We can't love Jesus but not like people. And yes, we're all going to grow in this, but I believe that maturity in our faith is often expressed how we treat other people. And on the vice versa, immaturity in our faith is also expressed in how we treat people. Think about this. Everyone we ever interact with, everyone we ever speak with, everyone we ever work with or meet, who are they to God? They are an individual that God cared enough about to send His one and only Son They are an individual that Jesus paid the price for. And at the end of the day, they are a son or a daughter of God who He created. And if you're a parent here, imagine if someone treated your children awfully. How's that going to make you feel? You're not going to like that, are you? And you know, you know, it's not nice. And I believe maybe God thinks like that as well because it's so important. They are His children. And whatever we do for them, He does for us. So what does this look like for you and I? I just wanted to encourage us to stir us up. Look, we're not all perfect at this. That's why I shared that story that made me look like the worst husband in the world because we're not perfect at this. But what I'm trying to encourage us is let's become more like Jesus. How can we love people better? How can we love every person that God brings into our life with the love of Jesus? That's the goal, to become more like Him. Amen? Amen. Point number two. So that was choose to love. Number two is never judge. Everyone say "Never never judge. Going back to that verse, Paul said, be humble and be gentle. I remember a season in my life where... I, I often try to ask God for, what do you want me to do in this season? Like, I, I'm trying all the time. I want to become more like Jesus. That's my number one desire in life is to grow in my walk with Him because I love Him. And I remember I asked Him, Lord, what do you want me to work on? Or where, where is there sin in my life? And I'll never forget this. He just pointed. I love how sometimes He does this. He just points right at something in, in our heart. I wrote it down. He said to this, to me, You are so harsh to others in your judgment when I am so kind to you. Your biggest challenge is pride. (laughs) Oh, I was like, thanks, Jesus. All right, oh, that one hurt. It was good for me though, because in this season, I, I... God pointed out something in me. I had become quite critical, just being honest with you today, and quite judgmental of others. And that, that is a sin, and God did not like that in my life. And he's saying, how can you judge other people and be so harsh to people in your judgments? Now, this wasn't me telling people, but it was my inner mind thinking thoughts I shouldn't be thinking to others when I am so gracious, kind, and merciful to you. And I went on a journey where I I repented to God. And you know, I actually went to the point where I I asked a few people for a meeting and they didn't actually know that I'd been critical of them. They were inner thoughts, but I repented to them. That was hard. God told me to. I said, I just want you to know, I'm sorry. You don't know this, but I've been thinking this and I repented that I was totally in the wrong. It was like, oh, that was hard. Uh, I, I got a mantra and every morning I'd speak over myself. I believe the best about people and I love people. Uh, and I asked Ebony, I said, keep me accountable. If you hear me complain or grumble or be judgy, tell me, pick me up on it. Uh, and then when I would stuff up, which I, I did, and I still do sometimes, I'm growing. But when I would, I'd go, "All right, Lord, I repent. I believe the best about others and I love people. I to encourage us here. God wants us to be humble and gentle. Hum- Humility doesn't judge others thinking we are better. Humility doesn't criticize others thinking we know more than them. Humility gives grace to others, recognising we are all imperfect and we are all growing. I, this quote is good. It says this, we often judge others by their actions, but ourselves by our intentions. That's not fair. Matthew 7, 1-5. Let's go through this passage together. Jesus said this, Do not judge. Or you too will be judged. (laughs) Man, I got the deep ones today. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Wow. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? Jesus says, You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. What we're talking about here, looking in, not out. And then you will see clearly to remove it. See, this is countercultural. You and I live in an age where the Facebook warriors are strong, baby. Like we I it's I just can't believe some of the cultural things around this that some people all their their time and energy go into pulling others down, judging others. And and look, Christians are just as bad in some settings as non-Christians, maybe worse in some settings on Facebook. But I would encourage us, this is not the world's way we're talking about. Jesus has called us to a higher way, which is the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is humble, it is gracious and it is does not judge others. This is countercultural. But I want to I just want to encourage us. Let's let's uh, the, and Paul ends this on unity. If we are humble, gentle, patient, we bear with each other's faults in love, it will result in unity. And I just want to speak into that to a moment that, yes, you and I have preferences. We don't have to agree with everyone. In fact, it's okay to disagree. That's not unity or disalignment. But I have learned this as a value in my life, that I value unity over my preference. What does that mean? I would rather keep the relationship than uh, lose the person trying to stand up from whatever it is. And obviously we're not talking about key biblical things or theology. But just in general, I, I just believe that humility doesn't judge others. Jesus does not want us to judge others. He wants us to love others. We are not the judge. Christians are not the judge. God is the judge. And we are to look in. Jesus is asking us to be humble and not prideful. Pride says I'm always right. Pride says I know what is right. Pride says I am entitled. And pride says I am better than others. Don't, don't elbow your spouse right now. I can feel it. I it. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Let's be humble. So what does that look like for us? I just want to encourage us in our relationships, when we think about the people God's blessed us in our life, let's not be judgmental. Let's not be critical. Those are the ways of the world and those are a sin. Let's be people who believe the best about others and we love them and do not judge. And just to land this message, and I'm not going to spend much time here because we're going to have a whole other message on this, but it's such a big topic. Number three is quickly forgive. Forgive. Quickly forgive. If you want to know the number one thing that will block that river of connection, it will be an inability to forgive. I want to share this, that if you and I do not have the ability to forgive others we are really going to struggle to have healthy relationships in our life. Because the truth is this, and, I, and, and this is a hard truth, but it is the truth that every person in our life at some point will let us down. They will hurt us. They will accidentally say something out of anger. And, and, and I've just learned this, that everyone will offend me at some point. My wife is going to offend me. Uh, My team might offend me. My leaders, like that's just part of life. Why? Because we are all imperfect. And we can't put the expectation on people in our life to be perfect when we're not. But what I'm trying to say here is, but when that does come up, which is going to, we're all going to get offended. If you go to church, you're going to get offended. It's just a matter of time. All of us will. And I'm sorry, we don't try to, but church is a place filled with imperfect people. But what you and I need to do is look to the Word of God and be a person who is willing to forgive in every relationship of our life. And I don't have time to go into all of it, but there's a story in Matthew 18, and Jesus is telling a parable here because Peter mm. asked him, Lord, how much I, do I need to forgive people? Just seven? So Peter's saying, can, you know, if this guy does the wrong thing eight times, can I just kick him out of my life and say goodbye, good riddance? And Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. What does that mean? Infinite. We have to forgive over and over again. And he goes on to share a parable. And there was a king. And this king uh, had lent money to, to his servants. And he called this particular servant in. And the Bible says owed millions of dollars. It's a huge debt. And he said, I need you to pay it back. But he couldn't. And so this man said to the king, he begged him for mercy. He said, please just give me some more time. He was about to take his wife, his kids, every belonging, his land and and take it all from it. And he begged him and pleaded. And this king was merciful to him. And he said, all right, I, I I will release you of that debt, millions of dollars. But that same man, the next day, the, the, Jesus says in this parable, turns around and he had someone under him who owed him a few thousand dollars. And I want you to notice here just to start. So what he owed was as big as you can get and he had someone who owed him this much. He had just received that mercy and this man came and, and they had the same conversation. You owe me a few thousand dollars. And he pleaded for mercy and begged him to forgive him that debt. And this man said, no. It was harsh to him, put him in prison and took all that he belonged to him. And what happened was that word got to the king of how this man had treated this other person. And then, of course, that king said, well, you know, you're straight in prison. I don't want anything to do with you. See, this is a parable as we land of how much God has forgiven us. Think about it. He has forgiven us of every single sin we have ever committed if we are repentant. He has forgiven us of so much. We don't deserve the grace that he's given us. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve the grace he's given me. It's so big. Yet one person does this little thing to us and you and I do not choose to forgive them. And it's a, I know this is a heavy topic, but in some ways, it's a little bit hypocritical because if we receive God's forgiveness, He has called us to freely give it too. And one last Scripture today, Matthew 6, 15. But if you do not forgive others for their sins, your Father will not forgive you for your sins. This matters to God. I know this is deep, but you and I need to be people who just have the ability to go, look, I'm not excusing them for their behaviour. But when I struggle to forgive, I actually look up and go, God, look what you have forgiven in me. And out of that grace, I give that same grace. And I just want to encourage us to be people who uh, choose to love, who never judge, and are quick to forgive. I just love us all to close our eyes right now. We're going to have a bit of ministry music behind us. But I just, wanna, I just want us all to reflect and do a quick heart check. Lord, where in my life am I not being like You? Where am I not loving people well? And right now, why don't we just take that moment and say, Holy Spirit, just, I give You permission to speak. I'm not looking out, but what is that plank in my eye? How am I going loving the people that He's brought in my world, my, my family, my friends, my church, my work colleagues, my boss? Maybe like me, you you might be struggling with criticism, judging people, pride. If that's you, I just encourage you, just repent of that in this moment. Or lastly, maybe in this moment, Jesus is just highlighting someone that you need to forgive. Why don't you just forgive that person in your heart? Begin the journey of forgiveness. It's not always a one moment thing, sometimes it's a journey. just decide, Lord, I look at the grace you've given me, the love you've given me, I give it to others. Jesus, as we look to you right now, we ask, show us how we can become more like you. Give us one thing, Lord, that you want us to grow in, to become Christ-like. And Lord, I pray as we take next steps, as we don't let this just be a message, but as we go into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, into December, into 2023, that we would become more like You, Lord, in how we love, in our humility, and in our forgiveness. And I just pray over each of us that our relationships would flourish, that we'd be connect- We'd have great connections with our spouses, with our families, with our children, with our parents and in-laws, Lord, with our friends, with everyone in our world. They would flourish as we commit to become More like you in your mighty name.